African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for this uh, edition of uh, African Dialogue. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushata. I'm right on Channel Africa, your African perspective. I'm with you until uh, midday, Central African time. Right here on our shortwave frequency, 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. You can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to be looking at uh, this interesting issue on migration, the Paris talks involving leaders from Chad, Niger, and Libya who had real a real conversation with some uh, European countries on the major transit countries for migrants who risk their lives trying to... To reach Europe. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. Thank you for joining us. We'll be with you until midday Central African time at 11.45. We'll get our business news and 11.50. We'll also uh, get our sports news. Well, today we're looking at uh, this very dynamic story and looking at something we've been following over the years, which is the migration flow out of North Africa into Europe. The leaders of France, Germany, Italy and Spain have agreed to help Chad and Niger with border controls to help stem the flow of migrants and refugees into Europe from northern Africa. They made the pledge on uh, Monday at a summit in the French capital Paris aimed at reducing the numbers of people undertaking a dangerous journey along the so-called Central Mediterranean route. During the meeting, which was also attended by the head of Libya's UN-backed government and the president of Chad and Niger, they also said they would accept asylum claims from refugees who apply for protection while in Africa instead of their destination uh, countries. Now, we're going to really look at this uh, particular issue and really dissect it and what does it actually mean to see Europe as well also getting more of an African-inclusive conversation in terms of how to move uh, things forward. I think on the line we've got Maku Aikomus, who is the Senior Regional External Relations Officer uh, and the spokesperson of the UNHCR Regional Representation uh, for Southern Africa. Maku, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me, and uh, good morning to everyone. Well, I would say this is a breakthrough moment, especially for France. It's great to see the type of leadership that uh, French President Emmanuel Macron is showing by hosting this particular summit. He called it the most effective and far-reaching meeting in months. What do you think informed this uh, dynamic for him to actually make this particular move, especially such an inclusive, uh, styled uh, type of uh, gathering? Well, the first of all, uh, the UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, we we welcome the commitment made at the uh, Paris meeting on migration and asylum. Uh, we encourage by the announcement of a comprehensive plan of action that will support long-term solution to the complex issues of mixed migration and help address its root causes. In in our experience, the, the measures that simply aim at curbing the number of arrivals do not solve the problem of forced migration 
any, any meaningful approach must include a set of strong and determined actions to ensure the, a lasting peace in conflict-ridden countries, as well as social and economic development in places of origin. Mm. But in terms of the macro perspective that we're starting to see here, especially with governments actually now seeing that this is a problem that they need to get their heads engaged in, what, are you, what is your take from UNHCR to see such a high delegation, high level uh, kind of approach to actually having this conversation, which is long overdue now? We we welcome the uh, the um, um, approach and the initiative taken by um, um, the the countries involved in this process, and we we try to support it in the the best best way, way possible. Mm. I mean, um, we've been involved in in this process uh, in 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 past years, and repeatedly called upon European states and others to act collectively with responsibility and solidarity in line with the international obligations. And at the same time, mm. um, we've been responding to these emergencies. Uh, we have mobilized over 600 staff and resources in 20 different locations to provide life-saving assistance and protection. Well, Marku, I want to look at your thoughts in terms of the trends that we're currently seeing with the migration flows. It was interesting to see the numbers that actually came out of deaths uh, through the Mediterranean terrain uh, because we've seen less deaths uh, within that particular route in itself. And that's good news. Do we know what's contributing uh, to that uh, positive aspect of things, the fact that now we're starting to see less deaths around or across the the perilous Mediterranean crossings. Well, um, first of all, if I may say that we're pleased by the renewed commitment to support rescue efforts for for those in danger at Mm. sea uh, and in desert. Uh, I mean, saving lives has to remain central to the response, Mm. as over 2,400 persons are feared to have drowned this year alone. So um, there might be several different uh, actors uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, influencing on this. I mean, what, what we try to do is to raise awareness about the danger of irregular migrations and work towards enhancing the, the overall protection in the countries where are these countries of origin or the countries of the transit that people are waiting to then to, to, to move on and take these perilous uh, uh, trips to, to, to Europe. Mm. And, and also, I mean, what is important is that we, pro- uh, we provide alternatives uh, uh, and, and supporting um, different ways of arriving to the safety, maybe through resettlement, third country resettlement programs, through family reunifications, and, and, and providing complementary pathways these are very needed. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay with me there, Marku, and uh, we'll uh, continue this conversation. I'm sure we'll bring in other guests uh, just in a few minutes as we continue this conversation of the Paris talks that involved leaders from Chad, Niger, and Libya uh, on the major transit countries uh, uh, where migrants risk their lives trying to reach Europe. Know that uh, four European leaders attended the summit where we saw the Italian uh, Prime Minister uh, Paolo 
Gentiloni, uh, the German Chancellor Angela Merkel, uh, the Spanish Prime Minister Mariano Rajoy, and uh, we also saw uh, Macron himself uh, attending uh, this particular gathering. I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll continue this conversation after the break. It's 11.14 Central African time. Let's take a quick one and then we'll be back after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa, najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre du Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on our shortwave service. And uh, that is the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV. We're on channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Now, it's interesting to see the number of migrants according to the IOM's uh, uh, statistics here. And uh, the states that were invited, which were uh, Niger and Chad and Libya themselves, these are trans- countries for those seeking uh, refuge in Europe. Listen to these numbers. More than 120,000 migrants have arrived so far by sea just in 2017. Those are large numbers. Now let's listen to spokesperson Leonard Doyle speak to Daniel Johnson about these countries. But he said that these countries needed the EU's help if the issue of irregular migration is to be solved. From the perspective of IOM, the UN Migration Agency, what we're concerned about is that whatever happens needs to be done in the context of protecting vulnerable lives because quite often these tend to get omitted or pushed aside in the rush to get a policy together and then you end up in a situation whereby vulnerable people are put in more difficulties than they already had been. Yeah, obviously the issues come to light since the instability in Libya dating back to the end of 2011. But what are the concrete measures that you might suggest to President Macron? Would it be to go after these smugglers who are in control of access to the beaches? Well, it's clear that there's a whole range of activities need to take place. And as long as it's done in the context of humanitarian principles, as long as vulnerable people are not put more at risk than they already are, then I'm sure we're fine. We're not experts on military interventions, of course, and... uh, all of those aspects, but it would be important, for example, if people are being returned to Libya, that they not be put in a position whereby they have to stay in a country that is, you know, declared universally as not a safe place to be sent to. So it's really important that whatever policies are implemented in this kind of rather urgent crisis, and indeed it is an urgent crisis, that they don't end up making things worse for the very vulnerable people who are at the heart of it. I mean, one of the big issues we have is that the politics of Europe are endangered by irregular flows because the perception of what's happening is magnified in a natural way over the media. So it's important that that not be exaggerated too much. 
And it's important that the countries where migrants are coming from are given the support, given the possibilities to create livelihoods, and given the opportunity to give people another option than to take the promises of the smugglers at face value. Are you seeing a significant drop in the number of migrants and refugees crossing the so-called central Mediterranean route from North Africa in light of the Libyan Coast Guard's strengthened means at its disposal to stop migrants from crossing that part of the Mediterranean? Well, there's undoubtedly been a dip in the migrants that are crossing, but whether that's down to anything that the Libyan Coast Guard are doing is hard to say at this stage. The support which IOM gives to the Libyan Coast Guard is strictly humanitarian. We provide life jackets to ensure that those whom they're rescuing have a better chance of survival. We provide shelter so that when they come ashore, they can be kept out of the sun. They can be given some food and be given some medical checks. So how that would have any impact on the migrant flows is hard to tell. But then there's many things happening in the rather chaotic place that Libya is today. And the reasons that the migrant flows are down is hard to tell at the moment. And I think it'll be a little while before we know. But as that's slowing down across the central Mediterranean, there's more migrant traffic happening into Spain. So it's not like it's all over. And a small, relatively small number of people going to Spain creates just as big a political problem as a large number that have been going into Italy. Well, that's the voice of uh, IOM spokesperson Leonard Doyle speaking to UN Radio's uh, Daniel Johnson there, uh, giving us that uh, uh, context in terms of uh, what needs to be done in terms of uh, humanitarian values to be followed in order to still deal uh, with this uh, uh, route of uh, uh, Africans moving into Europe. And uh, uh, we'll come back uh, after this break. I think we've lost uh, Marco Aikomos there. And also we'll be joined by Abraham Ibrahim Dean there, who's a senior researcher from the uh, Middle East uh, Center after this break. It's 20 past 11 o'clock Central African time. We'll be back after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunya Nzovu and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you that African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama. I've got on the line Marku Argomos, who is from the UNHCR Regional Representation for Southern Africa, a spokesperson there. But I want to touch on some critical issues on the root causes of what we are seeing here, Marku, in, in terms of the trends here. It's interesting to hear some of the reasons and the views that came out from the various statesman at this gathering, Marco. French President Emmanuel Macron has uh, made the issue of uh, Islamic terrorism in Syria and Iraq the top priority uh, in terms of his foreign policy. And also uh, the Libya issue was also highlighted. It was interesting also to see uh, the Prime Minister of Libya's UN-backed government also looking at the elements of trafficking when it comes to these migration flows, especially from uh, Libya. 
Libya's point of view. And uh, Germany's uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel was speaking about cooperation with Libya itself uh, to stem the influx of migrants. Very strong on the issue that uh, it is required to ensure that uh, the Libyan government is strengthened. Marco, are you there with me? Yes, sorry. Um, I I uh, I had some uh, uh, problems of hearing you. Um, the um, the um, the um, the political stability and the security in Libya are especially important uh, to enable proper access to thousands of refugees and migrants stranded in the country, and uh, and and most are currently suffering from severe abuses of human rights and and unacceptable um, living conditions. And, and in terms of the issue of, of strengthening the, the dynamics and dealing with the trafficking elements, how do we uh, sort out that dynamic? Um, of course, uh, I think it would be very, very important that, the, uh, the, um, that those, those people who are in need of support have access to to asylum. So um, when we work, uh, for example, in North Africa, we, we try to improve the, the access to the asylum, raise awareness about the, uh, the danger of irregular migrations and work uh, towards enhancing the overall protection space. And that also includes alternatives uh, to detention for refugees and asylum seekers. Mm. And, um, and, um, and, and part of that is providing targeted training to support the the Coast Guard services and, and ensure humane treatment and provisions provision of humanitarian assistance to those rescued or intercepted at sea, and to facilitate the early identifications uh, of those with protection needs and timely provision of services mm. and 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 solutions. And in terms of the issue of border controls, it's a very sensitive one when you do speak about migration. And it's something that uh, over and over again, the humanitarian space has warned us on how to actually deal with this issue of border controls. What's the best way of moving things forward in, in this regard? Because I know it's sensitive that you can't really tell people not to come into a country for refuge. But it's also very difficult for European countries to control the dynamics of how many people are coming into those countries. Well, I think the, the key here is that the, um, um, I mean, all countries uh, um, um, have uh, the right to to protect their, their borders and so. But these border uh, um, uh, border controls would need to be protection uh, sensitive. This means that the um, those people who are fleeing uh, war, conflict, and persecutions from the world, and there's a 65 over 65 million people in the in the move uh, uh, globally. So those people who are need of international protection, um, who are fleeing from the conflict, that they have possibility to access to the country, access to the asylum, and that uh, that the uh, adequate reception services are provided to these people while they wait uh, the the asylum's decisions. And how do we make sure as well that the political issues don't really blur uh, the, that particular mandate that we have uh, from a, a human law perspective, uh, Marku? I know that uh, we also saw uh, Britain didn't attend this particular gathering because they've taken a particular stance, I guess, on this particular issue. But 
from your perspective, someone who works in a humanitarian space, I know that you can't speak directly into the space of politics itself, but sometimes we see politics clouding uh, the humanitarian space of how things should be done when it comes to this migration issues. What is the balancing act here? Well, I, I think the most important is that we remember that that these peoples are victims of the conflicts. I mean, these people are fleeing war, uh, persecutions, and, and conflict. And um, and in in recent uh, uh, recently, we have seen, uh, for example, acts of uh, violence and terrorism uh, taking place uh, in different parts, including in Europe. And we need to. I mean, these we we understand how the, how this affects the the daily life of the people because we have witnessed this in, in also in in Europe and other places. So so against that backdrop, we have to understand that those who are fleeing the conflict, they are actually fleeing the same violence that we have also recently witnessed in 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 our uh, neighbourhoods and, and 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 countries, and that these people are not the ones who are are uh, involved in killing people. But these are the victims who are fleeing exactly the similar violence, but in the higher scale in their countries of origin. Well, I'm going to let you go there. Thank you for giving us your insights uh, there, uh, Marku. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break and see if uh, we can uh, move uh, the story forward. We're still trying to see if we can get hold of Ibrahim Adin, who's the researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center, to give us his insights on this particular issue, especially looking at the political issues. We know that Libya is very much central of the conversation. The Islamic terrorism issues in Syria also are very very much uh, problematic when it comes to exacerbating uh, the situation. It's also interesting to see uh, some of the issues that came out from African leaders, most of them also pointing to the issue of poverty, which is a contributing uh, to this uh, exacerbation of the migration flows. We're going to take a quick break. This is Channel Africa. You're listening to us, The African Perspective, right here on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Don't forget that you can also join us on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za where you can uh, stream us live and uh, get uh, our content on our website. There of the latest news on the African continent. 